Amen. I believe there's worshipers arising this morning. Sons and daughters. Sons and daughters are singing. They rejoice in the God of their salvation. What a mighty God we serve. Lord of Lord, King of Kings. Amen. And he's here this morning to meet every need. According to his riches and glory. Oh my, when the seventh seal is open, it brings a time of worship like never before. Amen. The bounds are taken off. The hindrances are gone. Amen. The silence is broken. And the voice of God is spoken. What a day, what an hour we're living. What a privileged people we are today. Amen. To be gathered together in his name. I love you. God bless you. Let's talk to the Lord. Father, where your children today haven't gathered in your name, we want to just say we love you and we thank you. We appreciate you for your goodness to us. That has brought us to this moment in time. And Lord, we know that we're headed back to eternity. We're just asking, Lord, your blessings upon us today. That you'd anoint us by your word, Lord. Oh God, by your spirit upon the word. May the word be within us, made flesh. Till we become the book that was spoken of. Revealed in this last day. Lord, to what our, till our lives match what is written in the book. I pray, Father, that you'll bless your children. They come with various needs and situations. There are those that are sick in their bodies. Lord, there are those that are spiritually need a touch from you. Lord, they're the ones that are most serious. Physical body. Lord, you can heal it. We get sick again. Finally, you take us out of here and deliver us from it all. Lord, we know that will come to every person where you will deliver us from this pest house. So the sickness, Lord, we know you heal that. But it's the soul, Lord, that lives forever. That's eternal. Lord, the soul of the believer is eternal and it has an eternal destiny. Oh God, the soul that sin, it will die. It'll perish. It'll go away. So Lord, today, that soul is of eternal consequence. I pray that you'll touch lives and hearts. You heal the sickness, Lord, sin sickness. Rebuke it. Lord, speak to it today. Deal with it and deliver. We pray in the name of Jesus. Lord, your children, Father, that have gathered, your children that are listening in. Lord, all the way from South Africa, down in Africa, different ones. Little brother writing me today from Nigeria, saying I've been saved by the Tim. The drunkenness, the alcohol, the the, the dope, uh, the, the fornication, it's all gone. I've been saved. Lord, you're going to get everyone. You're not leaving one behind. Not a hoof. Not a hoof behind. We're all going. Our loved ones, our children. Lord, the prodigals, I pray that you'll touch them today. Maybe some of them are listening in. Maybe they don't even have the courage to come to church. Maybe they've been told by the enemy that they've done cross the line. Make today they know there's mercy. 
that there's grace and there's a welcoming spirit in the Father's house. No, mercy's not over because I am mercy. Mercy lives within me. And I thank you for that mercy that you extended to me so I can be merciful to others. As we open up the precious word today, bless it to our hearts. Speak to your children, Lord. Speak to them and anoint us, Lord. May we not just come up with just words of man, but may we come with a purpose. Not just a purpose for me to speak, but a purpose for those to hear and then become doers of the word. We commit ourselves to you now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Amen. So good to be in the house of the Lord today and have the privilege of serving him. Amen. Amen. I love him, don't you? Amen. I want to sing that song. It's Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. How many of you young people have found out when Jesus is on the inside, he works on the outside? Amen. Oh, my. I've seen you come back with a real joy in your heart. Oh, my. It just makes me just feel all young again. Amen. Revived. God bless you. We heard a wonderful sermon from Brother Joe. My, I don't have the acrobats he had. Amen. But I still got a fire down in this old man. Amen. Well, it's Jesus on the inside. He's working on the outside. Oh, what a change is in my life. It's Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. It's Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. so thankful for every testimony that came back from the Ohio camp and it was wonderful to hear the great testimonies each one of you shared and what the Lord has done for you you know when you know God did something for you that's a personal experience nobody can ever take it away there's no substitute for that personal experience with God Amen. Smith Wigglesworth once said, He that hath an experience is not at the mercy of he that merely has an argument. Amen. You can't out-argue now. Nobody can talk you out of what God did for you. Amen. You've been changed and you know it. Amen. Well, it's Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life.
Amen. There was a prophecy that was given to me by Brother Buzbozi from Uganda. He's also been down in Ethiopia, established a lot of works down there. He's in the midst of right now translating the three little booklets that I written or I wrote. They're not about me or my ministry. They're about they're about the message God sent. And uh, one of them is um, Jesus, the name above all names. It covers the Godhead and baptism. You can ask for it at the library. Or there, um, if you're online, you can actually write us and we'll point you to where you can get that. And also we have um, the five comings of Elijah that explains of how God sends the spirit of Elijah five different times. And how that we have experienced in our day an Elijah ministry. And there's one yet to come to the Jewish people. And then um, the other was on the original sin where we, spoke, where we, we taught about um, the serpent seed. And, and it's a Bible principle that if you get that, it unlocks all the scriptures in the Bible. So, um, you know, if, if you haven't received that or you would like a copy of it, we do have it in English. And I think there's several different languages now that it's in, probably um, Chinese, Japanese, um, different uh, Spanish, different other languages that we that we have it, and so it's a, it's a good outreach. That's what I wrote it for. It was for outreach. But anyway, they are printing right now ten thousand copies of each into a um, another language into Uganda. We already printed ten thousand of each copy in a, in um, a, uh, another language, and there's several of them there. And we're putting some into English. And Brother Buzz Bozy is helping me with that. But in this prophecy, he said, through your ministry, I'm raising up a generation of young people that will stand with my word without fear or favor of man. This is true, and thou already know this thing because I've even told you of it. This is the hour for to call a bride without spot, a generation that will see all the promises of my holy writ. You have carried out the mission I have laid in your hands. And sacrificed all for this. I, the Lord, will therefore not forsake thee. I will make myself manifest and continue to do so. Speak and fear not, for I am your defense and strength. I will make it good, saith the Lord. Amen. 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 And I believe that, don't you? Amen. Amen. Many of you, even though you're now in your 40s and 50s, you're part of those young people that God gave me to this ministry. And, and, uh, and as we, we have um, ministered to those and helped with the youth camp, and now many of those are, are um, now deacons and pastors and ministers, wives and lay members and Holy Ghost-filled men and women uh, all, over the, all over this nation because of those efforts. And God is raising up a group of young people even now. And I'm glad to see this crop of young people Amen. Continuing on and moving on with God. Amen. John chapter 14 verse 1 is where we're going to read from this morning. You pray with me that as we minister that we'll just catch the the Holy Spirit. Some of these things I had spoke about last time I ministered on, I'm going to regroup some of those and bring them back, thoughts and bring them back in. And in a little bit more of an evangelistic way, if God will help me. John chapter 14, verse 1, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. 
If it were not so, I would have told you, I'd go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And whether I go, you know, in the way you know, Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? And Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one cometh to the Father but by me. If you had known me, you should have known my Father also. And from henceforth you know him and have seen him. Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it satisfies or suffices us. And Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me has seen the Father, and how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, I will do. That I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. What unfailing words of promise. God bless you. You can be seated. Now, we're going to be speaking on the rise of the sons of the book because I do believe that this is a day and hour where that there is a rise of sons, sons that know their God and who do exploits. They know their position. They know their place. They know their calling. If you notice, Philip was saying, show us the Father. I had asked you while we were... um, uh, you know, uh, it, uh, taking a little time off because some were sick with the, with the COVID and trying to f- find out how many were, were infected and to stop the spread. We, and we canceled a couple of services, and I ask you to listen to the tape of Show Us the Father. And there's a number of them. Any of them would have been good. But Brother Bradham preached on this many, many times. And he would also call it God in his word or God in his people or, um, you know, God in his universe. Um, and he would take four things to show, which was God in his universe, then God in his word, then God in his son, and then God in his people. And, of course, he would start here with, with, with Philip's question of, show us the Father. Uh, you know, he was wanting them to show us God. You know, where, where is he? And yet they were looking at the Father, and he was, but he was hidden, manifested in the Son. The Father was standing right there in the form, but they didn't recognize him because he was dwelling in the sun. And people are asking today, where is Jesus? You know, there's trouble all around. We got more trouble than there's ever been. And we are here at the end time where all the evil of all generations, it all heaps up. All the sin, all the evil points right down here to this last day. 
And people are asking, well, where is Jesus? You know, we, we can see diseases and that they hardly know what to do with and trouble in the land and political strife and national strife. And, and, but where is Jesus? And, and we, we, want to, we want to establish once again that we are in the coming of the Lord. This is the day of his coming. If I, could, if I could kind of say it to you in this way, it's the hour of the seventh seal where the silence is broken concerning his coming. Where God lets us know the day, the hour that we're living in, that we have reached the end of the ages. And, and so, so um, we, we want to just say, of course, that God is not here in the form of Jesus, the nail-scarred body, walking around in this congregation this morning. But rather, God is here, but he's in his people. Amen. In his people. It, this is the second phase of the rapture. We're, and, and this people are the resurrection and the life. Resurrection power lays in them. You see, because they are the first from among the dead. The first after 2,000 years has come forth a bride out of the tombs of religion that have been sealed away there. You may have had a Baptist tomb or Methodist tomb or Pentecostal tomb, but it was a tomb, right? Amen. And they had sealed you, sealed it away, but we have our people that have risen up out of the traditions of man. And we have come back to the word of God again. And it's a resurrection life that is on the inside of us. And it raises us up from dead works and from sin and unbelief and from the dogmas of the past and into a resurrected life. And we're, we're people, uh, unique people, because we are not predestined to fall and to go down into the ground again as many denominations has, that they would rise up only to fall back and become again cold and formal and, and, and powerless. But we have been predestinated not to fall. You see, this bride has been placed upon a rock. And it's a solid foundation that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. Her destiny, she has been predestined to adoption. To be recognized as sons. We want to understand that today because we are actually the fulfillment of Joel chapter 2 where that God empties what he started pouring out on the day of Pentecost. And over and over we have been assured time upon time that Joel 28, 228 is the light of this last day. Amen. I will restore, saith the Lord, in the last days I'll pour out my spirit. Along with Malachi 4 and Luke 17, 30 and John 14, 12 that we read and, and Revelation 10, all, all of these are the light of this end time where God is doing something very unique and very special, calling a people out for his namesake. This is a day that scriptures that have been held in silence for thousands of years have, are now, the, the power of them have been released. 
and, and are now being manifested. As Brother Branham said, in the mighty God unveiled before us, he said in Joel 2.28, he promised in this last days there would be a latter rain poured out upon the people in this last days. I think the Greek word there is kina, which means that he emptied himself out. Not in the way we would say like was something was on the inside of somebody that he emptied out, but he poured himself out. Now he's referring to what Paul said when he was speaking of Jesus. Let's look here at Philippians chapter 2 and verse 6. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. That word is kinah. And they took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. So he changed his amorphy. He changed from what he was to what he is. Notice what he's doing. He, he emptied himself of his godship to take on the form of a servant to come in likeness of man. So God would actually pour himself out into a human vessel. Hallelujah. So he, he never changes his nature though. Amen. But on the day of Pentecost, he comes and he changed himself from being son of man to son of God. Now he came not with the people, he came in the people. The same God to carry his ministry on through in this great age. He prophesied in the Bible there would come a day that would neither be in day nor night, but in the evening time it should be light. Now the sun geographically rises in the east and sets in the west. It's the same sun all the time. Now when the sun, S-O-N, revealed himself in the manifestation of the promised word to Israel, the eastern people. We've had a day of gloom. We've had enough light in the reformers and so forth to make churches and denominations and just join them and come in and kiss the babies and marry the old, uh, marry the old, he says, and bury the dead. I'm sure he means the young, but the old get married too. And so forth and, and live in the church. And then, but in the evening time, it shall be light. He said in the evening time, and no scripture can be broken. And the same S-O-N that poured himself out, Keno, on the day of Pentecost, promised to do the same thing in the evening time. It's according to the promise. He said, get the tag together and remit. let's look what's happening and look what he promised and then you'll see where we're at. Get the thing together. You can see the unveiling of, of this great and mighty one. Traditions have blinded the people again to the great things that has been prophesied. Remember, his whole thought is the mighty God unveiled. This is what Jesus was trying to do to Philip here. Unveil that God. When you've seen me, you've seen the Father. It's not me that doeth the works. It's not this human being, but it is the Father dwelling in me. And he is doing the work. Now notice he changed forms and that's how they missed him. He the great Father. Amen. By whom the worlds were created. Amen. He fathered himself a body and became the son. And even the disciples didn't recognize him. You know, it wasn't another God. It was the same God condescending. It was the Jehovah of the Old Testament becoming the Jesus of the new. 
which by the way, Jesus is Jehovah's Savior. That's what that name is. Amen. It was God changing his mask. Coming in a different form. He come from the form of God to become one of us. A man for the purpose of redemption. Then on the day of Pentecost, he changed forms again. Now remember, he went away and he said, I'm going to come again. And I'm going to come again in like manner. Surely we're going to have a great time one day where we're going to meet him in the air. That's what believers believe. As Brother Branham said, no matter how old the story has been told or the story is, he said it's still the truth. And that's what believers believe. Amen. That there will be a literal Lord Jesus that will meet in the air. Amen. But the world won't see him when he comes that way. Amen. But it'll be the elect will be caught up in that dimension, in the air to meet him. Are you with me? But on the day of Pentecost, he changed his form again. He didn't come as a man again. But he came and poured out by his spirit the same Jesus coming, not as a man, but this time as the Holy Spirit, the spirit of Jesus. And this time he would come not in a body he created, but multiple bodies that he redeemed. Hallelujah. Amen. What was that? It was the coming of the Lord on the day of Pentecost. But he came not not as a man, son of man, a prophet, but he comes as a God revealing himself in his people. Amen. Now, in spiritual food in due season, Brother Bradham said, if he appeared to us in a physical body and looked just exactly like Hoffman's head of Christ at 33 and blood running out of his hand and so forth, nail scars all over him, I wouldn't accept it. No, 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 no. When he comes himself, every eye shall see him, every tongue shall confess him as lightning coming from the east to the west, and so shall it be. See, we don't believe in these cults and clans. We believe God is the word. So the rapture is his coming, but I want to just say to you, it's more of a going away than a coming. Amen. It is the secret rapture of the church, and every eye will not see him. Instead, we will be caught away to meet him. And then after the marriage supper, come back with him and take the world over for the millennium. And at that time, ever I will see him and ever, ever tongue will have to confess he's Lord. Amen. But now, but that does not keep him from being here. Amen. He embodies himself, taking your body and mine, my body, and gives you gifts, gives me gifts, and through these gifts, he makes himself known. That's the secret food. No matter how much he would make himself known by me, you've got to believe it. You've got to have a gift of faith, too, to believe it. Amen. Now, let me just get something very, very clear, because I don't want to be misunderstood. This is not... The, a repeat of the day of Pentecost. The Azusa movement repeated that by going back into death again. Amen. Neither is it just a return to Pentecost. This is a continuation of the book of Acts. 
Amen. Where an invincible army rises, where sun rises, coming, coming forth to take every power that Satan has away from him. This is the fulfillment of every type and every shadow of Pentecost. It is when the day of Pentecost fully comes. Amen. Now, in his comings, he has come in three sons' names. Let me get past some of this just for a minute, and we'll get, we'll get right on into it. There's things I want to say this morning. But he comes in three sons' names, son of man, son of God, and son of David. Now, of course, son of David will be the millennial reign, where he'll be the king over the earth. His bride will reign with him. Son of man was where that he came as a prophet and walked among men. You remember, what is man that thou art mindful of him? Or the son of man that thou, thou revealest thyself to him? Because God reveals himself to the prophet, the son of man. So he came as a prophet, the God prophet. Right? Amen. And, and then, of course, he comes as son of man, son of God. And that is, and we know through his earthly ministry, Jesus came as the son of man, as the God prophet. But on the day of Pentecost, he came as the son of God, spirit. Amen. Because God is the spirit. And this brought in the son of God dispensation that has reigned through the ages. But here at the end of the ages, we're not another Baptist age or Presbyterian age or Lutheran age or Pentecostal age, but now a bride age. Let me just say, infancy is past. Amen. He's not taking a little girl to get married to. A little eight, nine-year-old girl. No, he's taking a mature elect lady. Immaturity is past. Infancy is past. It is adoption age. It is a mature grain age. It is the eagle age. It is the rapture age. Amen. All of that has culminated into the end of this Laodicean age. It is the age of the Son of Man. That is why we don't look for another upper room where 120 are gathered and the church is born. This is not the birth of the church. This is the coronation of the church. It's when the Son of Man again is revealed as it was in the days of Sodom. And that visitation brings about a change and a long-awaited promised son. Amen. It says in Revelation 10, And I saw another mighty angel. And the mighty angel of Revelation 10 is the Son of Man dispensation and its anointing. Now, notice that the people of this dispensation are, are under this anointing. They are more than shouters. Amen. More than dancers. More than just a bunch of noisemakers. More than a bunch of emotional workup. They are a prophetical class who will be the final prophecy. Understand what I'm talking about. The last, they will, they are the last prophecy and the last voice. Hallelujah. God in a bride, his last voice. Amen. His last sign. Amen. The son of man, a prophetical class of people. A people who know their God. A people who experience their God. Amen. A people there who are, who are absolutely a class of prophets. Amen. 
You say, Brother Tim, where in the world would you get something like that from? Well, listen to the revelation of Jesus Christ. You recall I mentioned at the beginning of this message that this book, the book of Revelation, is the actual revelation of Jesus himself in the church and his work in the future ages. Then I mentioned it takes the Holy Spirit to give us revelation or we will fail to get it. Bringing those two thoughts together, you see, it won't take just ordinary study and thinking to make this book real. You can't pass it on intellectually. Rule number one, amen, it's going to take more than ordinary study and thinking and class teaching and educating a bunch of people. Come on, we turn message churches into educational seminaries until people are dead at 12 o'clock midnight and they got a knowledge, but they don't know Jesus. Now, it's going to take the operation of the Holy Ghost. That means this book cannot be revealed to anyone but a special class of people. It will take one with prophetic insight. What? A people with a prophetic insight. It will require the ability to hear from God. Hallelujah. Somebody gonna hear what the Spirit had to say. It will require supernatural instruction, not just a student comparing verse by verse, though that is good. But a mystery requires the teaching of the Spirit or it never becomes clear. How we need to hear from God and to lay ourselves open and become yielded to the Spirit to hear and know. So it is not going to come. It is not going to come by educating people, teaching you a doctrine. Come on. Amen. It's going to come by the Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside of you that quickens the word to life on the inside. Now, so it's more than an Azusa Street, Azusa Street anointing just upon the flesh and upon the spirit realm. It's not an empty jump and a shout with no change of life. It's upon the soul and it seals you to the day of redemption. It's not temporary and it doesn't come and go. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost. It doesn't come and go. It abides like it did upon Jesus. When the comforter comes, it will abide with you forever. Amen. When it came on Jesus, it abode upon him. It didn't leave him. I'm talking about sons. I'm talking about the rise of sons. Amen. Who are not just having a, an experience and go back and droop, 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 droop and back down and sin again. No, I'm talking about overcomers. Yeah. Hallelujah. I'm talking about power pack. Yeah. Amen. Anointed. Yeah. On fire. Yeah. Won't ever burn down. Yeah. Hallelujah. Now, it's on the soul and it seals you to the day of redemption. Yeah, you can shout and jump and speak in tongues and backslide and fall away from the Holy Ghost, but only if you're anointed in the human spirit realm. That was the problem with the Zeus Street. 
They had to manufacture tongues and manufacture a shout and work up something, and it was only temporary. But what we got is not temporary. Amen. So you can jump and shout and speak in tongues and backslide and fall away if you can, as Brother Brandon said, you can have the Holy Ghost every day of your life and still go to hell if it's on the spirit realm. Amen. That's exactly right. Amen. I could just stop right there for a minute and tell an experience. Or I had a young, you know, a young mother there that, that, uh, that was so possessed with an evil spirits that was upon her. She'd have about five children from about five different men. Some of them she didn't even know who the daddy was. But she was Pentecostal. And every time that, you know, she... She would need another man. She'd backslide and go get her another and then come back to church and speak in tongues. She was all right. One day she was, she was uh, in a desperate condition. She had started to run off with a, another guy. She just started coming to my church. And she, you know, was started to run off with another guy. And her young son run out, caught her and said, Mama, don't do it. Don't do it. Said, you'll go to hell. And they got about a block away, and she got a conviction, and she called me, and she said, Brother Tim, you got to do something here. I, I got I to have help. I've got the spirit upon me that wants, wants men. And said, I said, well, I said, I can come, but there's got to be somebody there. I said, my wife can't come right now. I said, I can come, but who's there at the house? So, well, my, my daughter and, and uh, daughter-in-law and son is, are here and I said well if they'll be there when I get there I'll come so I went there to the house and I go to their house and and they were they were backslidden and away from God this this couple was and and I'm going to deal with the, the young man's mother and and uh and I, I, I said, well, you know, I can't deal with this with unbelief, but I got to have you in this, in this room. So I turned her, I said, take your chairs, turn around, face the wall while I deal with her. And I began to speak to her about her sin, about her wrong, and all of that. And, and then I commanded the demon to leave her. And as I did, she threw up her hands and began to speak in tongues. And I stood there for a minute and I watched that. And I just kind of walked around watching this. Oh, she's speaking in tongues. And as I looked at her, the inspiration hit me and I said, Satan, you've hid all these years behind speaking in tongues. But you've been exposed now. Now you come out of that woman right now in the name of Jesus Christ. She took her hands and bowed down to me seven times to the Holy Spirit within me, seven times and collapsed on the floor, never to go back into sin again. It was over. Amen, but you can dance and shout and speak in tongues and backslide and fall away only if it's just on your spirit realm. But if it ever ignites that soul, that seed gene of God on the inside of you, there is no going back. You can't go back. You won't go back. The desire of the world and sin is taken away. But now don't take that negatively. 
there are those who also have shouted spoken tongues, which by the way, is one of the signs that follows believers. These signs shall follow the believers. That's among believers. And we have young people and old people who are getting more than a good feeling on their human spirit. Amen. Their soul is sealed and that Holy Ghost abides with them forever. They not only have the stimulation to jump and shout, but they got the life of Christ to go with it. Amen. Brother Branham said in the, was it third, fourth seal, he was said, he was talking about those who, you know, jumped and shouted with us when the music was playing. He said, now that's all right too. I believe in that as long as you leave the, live the life. Amen. But now you see the life of Christ has to go with it. That is your true absolute. Amen. That's your tie post where that you have met Jesus Christ yourself. Now, this is more than justification and forgiveness of your sins where you believe the message of the gospel. A lot of people stop right there. A lot of good message people have stopped right there. They profess, I believe. I believe the message. I believe the sin of prophet. I believe Jesus is Savior. I, I believe, I believe, I believe. And they stop right there. It is more than sanctification where your old life is cleansed. And there, there again, this is a, a problem. Many people stop right there. Oh, Brother Tim, I don't drink no more. I don't even have the desire to drink. You still need the Holy Ghost. So, well, it had to be the Holy Ghost that took it. Yes, the Holy Ghost took that from you. It was the cleansing power that came and cleansed you from sin. But you got to be possessed with the Holy Ghost. Or you can go 10 years from now and explode with the devil coming back. How many times have we seen them time bombs go off? I want you to, I want you to listen to a quote here from Hidden Life. I noticed among our brethren... Many of you as coming from, into you as full gospel people, coming from the Baptist church myself, which the Baptist church believes you receive the Holy Ghost when you believe, and that's not scriptural. And he said, coming to you, among you as full gospel people, coming from the Baptist church myself, and accepting the doctrine of the baptism of the Holy Spirit being a separate work of the Holy Spirit. Did you catch that? Accepting the doctrine of the baptism of the Holy Spirit being a separate work of the Holy Spirit. You see, justification is a work of the Holy Spirit. You can be forgiven of sins past and still smoking, drinking. I believed on the Lord. There's many, many a good Baptist that does that. And they said, well, I, you know, I, I, I talked with a man one day, Brother Tim. You know, I, I need some advice on marriage. He was wanting to marry for his third or fourth time. And he's talking to the wrong person. But he, but he said, you know, I, 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 I want some advice on this marriage. And I, I'm, I've been seeing this girl. And he goes to explain. And she, he said, now, I, I'm not needing salvation. And he's lighting one cigarette off another. It's a chain smoker. He had just been arrested the week before for drunk driving. 
And he said, now I'm not, not needing salvation. I, am, I know without a doubt if I would, would die this minute, I'd go right straight to heaven. You see, he, something had happened to him. He had made a profession of faith. But he hadn't went far enough to, for sanctification to come and cleanse him. So he was still now smoking, you know, fornicating and, and thinking of an, an adulterous marriage and all of this kind of stuff. And, and, you know, because why? His nature wasn't changed. He wasn't cleansed. Now, you, you see, but that was, but again, sanctification is a work of the Holy Spirit. And, and so he says, Except in the doctrine, the doctrine of the baptism of the Holy Spirit being a separate work of the Holy Spirit. So you see, the Holy Spirit must come in after you have repented of your sins. Some of us want, I want to get baptized. Well, the first thing you do is repent. Turn from your sins. Call in on the name of the Lord. Amen. It starts right there. Godly sorrow brings forth repentance. Amen. Will you dry out to sin, the desires of sin, and then be baptized in his name. But don't stop at water baptism. That's only an outward work of an inward confession. It's, it's only telling that, you know, you're testifying something's happened on the inside of me. But, friend, you've got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. It is, it is the token. It is, a, it is a prerequisite for the rapture. You wind up in the tribulation with a sanctified life. You wind up being left behind with just a justified life. You've got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. So we believe the doctrine of the baptism of the Holy Ghost is being a separate work of the Holy Spirit than just a profession of faith and the doctrines of the message. We believe in the doctrine of the baptism of the Holy Ghost being a separate work of the Holy Spirit than even cleaning up and changing your manner of dress. Amen. You know, you can join the Amish and conform. People do it. You can join the Mennonites and put on the bonnet, prayer bonnet and their long dress and, you know, get a horse and buggy. You can join a message church. Come on. Amen. Now, but to be a part of the body, you've got to be born in it. Are you with me? So it's more than an anointing that comes and goes. And, you know, it's, it's a, the Holy Ghost sealing you until your day of redemption. Where God is sealed in your life and, listen, Satan is sealed out. Ephesians 1.13, let's take some scripture. In whom you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, after you received and believed and heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom after, somebody say after, after that you believed. What? You were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. So the seal comes after believing. Amen. You can't, you can't get it until you believe. You got to believe it's for you. You got to believe it is for this day. 
you got to believe it's for you personally. Amen. He that comes to God must believe that he is and that he'll reward you if you'll diligently seek him. Amen. But after you believe, you are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Acts 19, 2, have you received the Holy Ghost? Since, somebody say since. Since you believed. You see, the Holy Ghost comes after hearing the word of truth. It comes after you believe. But it is a definite experience that seals you in and seals Satan's out. Let me say it clearly. It makes God a father and makes you a son. Hallelujah. Remember the purpose of Jesus coming was not that there would be one son, but to bring many sons. Somebody say it, many sons. Now, I'll just say it right now. Because some of you are wondering, Satan, can, he might get on your spirit realm and tempt you and make you feel so dirty. But let me assure you, he cannot get to your soul. No trial can shake you. No disappointment can shake you. You are on that solid rock of revelation where Christ was personally revealed to you. And let me tell you, and the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. Hallelujah. No storm can blow you off of that rock. No wave, no water, no nothing that the devil ever throws at you can blow you off of that rock. You're not on sinking sand. On this rock, knowing me, knowing me personally, knowing who I am, the revelation of who I am that tells you who you are. This is what I'll build my church on. And when you get there, no devil can prevail against you. Now, this bride is not another church who ends up in failure. She cannot fall. She she is unlike Pentecost of 2,000 years ago because that was as a seed of wheat, mature grain. But it would go down on the ground. It would rot. It would decay. And it would bring up a Luther, a Wesley, all the way down. But she's unlike Pentecost of 2,000 years ago. She instead is predestinated not to fall. Amen. We have been predestined to hold to the word regardless of what the world has to say about it. Amen. No matter how discouraged I get, I always remember I'll have a church and she'll be without spot or wrinkle or a blemish or any such thing. I don't know how God's going to do it sometimes, but I know he's going to do it because he made a promise. Now, of course, we get criticism. They say we're Pentecostal, and we are, but not like they want to label us. Well, you, you know, I can already get it, you know. I, I, I don't like those, those people shouting and dancing and rejoicing and running the aisles. Well, you know, Brother Branham was asked about that by Dr. Reedhead. And he said, he said in response to that, because he didn't believe that was the Holy Ghost doing that, and he said, well, I can stand, this is your prophet, I can stand a little wildfire and kicking furniture over. 
before I could sit in an old church so cold till the spiritual thermometer goes 40 below zero, I'd rather have a little wildfire than no fire at all. Well, I don't want nothing that would make me cry or shout or dance or speak in tongues or prophesy. It don't look like church order to me. What Brother Branham did say, we ought to get out of order long enough to get saved. And he tells an experience of how he was in Oregon one time. And there was two little Catholic reporter girls that were, um, were there. And, um, and they wanted to interview him. And, and, uh, and he said, I caught their spirit just as soon as he come in. And said, I said, all right, now what criticism have you got up your sleeve now? This girl, she pulled out a cigarette and started and said, well, don't light that while you're in my cabin. Just leave that alone. So she sat there and she looked at me like she could run through me. And she began to talk to some. So I want to ask you some questions. He said, he said say on. She said, well, how come you're connected up there with this bunch of holy rollers up here? Are you one of them? And he said, I'm one of them. After all, one of his sermon titles is is why I am a holy roller. I'm one of them. And she said, well, do you mean to tell me there'd be anything godly about that? I said, not to you as a Catholic. You wouldn't believe. said, how do you know I'm a Catholic? said, I know you're a Catholic. I'll tell you what your name is, see, and who you are. And that took her off her feet. And she said, well, you mean to tell me that kind of people, they say, well, live here on earth and be in heaven? I wouldn't want to be in heaven with such a people as that. And he said, he said, I said, you don't have to worry very much. As long as you think that way, you won't be there anyhow, see. I said, you won't have to worry about that. And I stood there and looked right in the face and a couple of brothers sitting in the building. I said, I'm not being irritable, but I want you to know where you're standing. You're going to write. You want to come here and find out some stuff. You would never write what I told you. You'll make up your own story. You go ahead and do that. But I want to tell you one thing. You write any scandal you want to. And before you die, my voice will call back in your ears if, you do, if it doesn't, then know I'm a false prophet. And you, I just want to say out here on the internet that you that sent me a warning the other day. I want you to hear right now. Amen. When you die, you'll hear this prophet's voice screaming in your ears. The very one you denied. The very one you made fun of. Now go write whatever you want to. And I say, write it up. Put up, your, put up your internet accounts and all that. And why I'm against the message and why I left the message. I'll tell you why you left it. Because you never had the Holy Ghost. Before you die, you'll hear my voice screaming in your ears. It'll do you no good. Now you go ahead and write whatever you want to. She stood there a, lot of, a little bit and said, well, what do you think about that idiotic bunch up there screaming and carrying on last night? I said, they're all Christians. She said, Christians? I said, sure, they're Christians. They're Christians filled with the Holy Ghost. She said, that's not no Holy Ghost. I said, well, what would you call the Holy Ghost? See what she had to say about it. I said, I'd like to tell you something. So, well, I wouldn't want to associate myself with a bunch like that. I said, well, I don't think there's much danger of you ever associating yourself like that because if you ever associated with God or any of the saints 
uh, you would associate like that. She said, the Bible said, I said, yes, your blessed Virgin Mary, you call her, who is your goddess. I said, before God would ever let her come to heaven, she had to go up onto the day of Pentecost and receive the Holy Ghost and stagger under the power of God like a drunk woman. She said, that's a lie. I said, hold your peace. I turned over the book. And I said, look here. It's right here in the, in the Bible. And she turned her head and said, and he, she wouldn't read it. And he said, you don't even have the audacity to read God's word. You're disrespectful. Now, you take your pack of cigarettes off the table there and go when you're ready. But I want you to know one thing. You write whatever you want to. But remember the last words I say in the name of the Lord. You'll remember it before you die. She never wrote nothing. That's right. She just let it go. She had more sense than some of these others out there. But let me just tell you, we are not, let's understand it, we are not a repeat of Pentecost. Pentecost declined and slid into the dark ages. We are a continuation of the book of Acts and we will finish it with the coronation of the church, the resurrection of the dead, and the change of our bodies. Let me quote the messenger. They are predestinated to stand there. The adoption of Jesus Christ, of children by Jesus Christ, predestinated the church to that glorious stand. I want you to know we've been seen in the vision. Hallelujah. When the rest of the world was out dancing to the tune of rock and roll, this bride was seen going up. The same one that was in the beginning come again. We have been seen. We individually, now let's get this. Individually, we are predestined to adoption. That is where the person is recognized as a son by receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You come to the altar and you get the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you don't become a son. You always were a son. And because you were a son, you could be reborn. Amen. You could be quickened. And non-seed, there's nothing to quicken. But because there is a seed in you, you can't be quickened. But at the altar, you just find out who you are. This is where he says back to you, this is my beloved son in whom I'm pleased to dwell in. That's when you recognize God as your father. Now, as the elect church, we are predestinated to adoption. Now, that's a different adoption. That is the change of our body. Our destiny has been set, and that destiny is a full-grown, manifested church. The elect lady is the rise of sons, full sons, mature sons who speak in his name. We are the sons of God, and as sons, we are not called sons because God saved the devil's children and then adopted them. Are you with me? We have always been his by foreknowledge, and but now we are people born of the very blood of God. How so? Because the Holy Spirit is the life of the blood, therefore we are born of his blood. Thus we have his life. We have his DNA. How else could he write his laws within us? You see, the coming of the Holy Spirit in, in the form of the mighty angel with the open book, as shown in Revelation 10, it brings the people 
into a messianic age where that there is a messianic sons of God upon the earth. What do we mean messianic sons? We mean the anointed ones of God. Men and women who have been anointed, set apart, filled sons. The mighty angel is here to to usher in the final work. He will accomplish the work. Amen. To oversee it. He's here to oversee it. It's, It's incredibly personal to him. He will not abandon the project that he started. Amen. He comes in 1946 and he begins to reveal himself to a prophet and he continues through the unfolding, 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 unfolding. Come on. Amen. And God is still unfolding himself. He has not stopped. He is still working in his church. He's still moving in his people. In fact, the matter is, it's not getting lesser. The countdown is on. Amen. Oh my. Now wait, don't go back to the invention of the wheel like in Luther's day. Don't be satisfied with a horse and buggy experience and, you know, of, of uh, Wesley's day. Amen. That's a pretty rough ride, you know, you know, bouncing along. You know, you don't hardly get nowhere. See, you know, sanctified one day and back down again and had to go get re-sanctified again and over and over and over and fall down into pornography and up you come again and you got to get it out. No, you know, get beyond that. Amen. And don't be satisfied with flying around and, and bouncing, you know, like the turbulence and, uh, of the Azusa Street. You might be flying, but be, you got to go beyond that. Be an astronaut. Amen. Get out of here. You know, get beyond the realms of the sense world. Amen. And to the supernatural where all things are possible. Amen. Now, I don't mean, let me pardon the pause here. I don't mean to advance beyond the seventh angel in his message. I do not mean that. In the message paradox, he said, there's going to be no more church ages. This is the end of it. The Laodicean age was the last age, and Pentecost is that Laodicean age. And we know that there will never be no more above Pentecost. That's it. Like a man. Another, no creature can ever come up from this evolution, coming up into higher species than man, because man is the image of God who created him, and there'll never be nothing higher. The word wouldn't let it go any farther because he is the word, and neither can the word climb above any Laodicean church age. So it ain't going to go beyond this age or its messenger. So, well, we're in the bride age as if that's a separate age. Amen. That's right here in this Laodicean age where overcomers sit with him on his throne. It ain't another age where some other knucklehead comes up with his own ideas and leads a bunch of people out in the wilderness again. Oh, no, it ain't that. It ain't a personality cult. Amen. It is saying what the Spirit has already said, prophesying again. So though we can't go beyond the messenger, we should at least advance to the fullness of what he taught. We're in the stage of advancement. 
not regression, where we climb only to fall back down. As Brother Branham said, and who do you say this is? Give me a church that's so completely anointed with God to their ever move in action. Their action and move is thus saith the Lord. Walk in that kind of glory and I'll show you a Messiah, an anointed one of God standing upon the earth. We're talking about the rise of sun. We were foreseen as coming. As Brother Bradham said in the adoption, brother, we're waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God who will come back and take it over again. We're waiting for the fullness of time when the pyramid gets to the top and full sons of God will be manifested. When the power of God will walk out, hallelujah, and take every power that Satan's got away from him. Hallelujah. That's what the Holy Ghost power will do in a man. That's what we saw it do in our messenger. It took him beyond anything that denominations could experience. Amen. It took him so beyond his peers until Christ was revealed in him as a prophet. And the denominations were saying, show us the Father. And and, and there Christ was manifested. Amen. As a son of man in a prophet. Come on. As a word came to a prophet. But don't stop there. Amen. Revelation shows the same thing as 1 Thessalonians 4 of the descendant of Christ our Lord is the mighty messenger of his own covenant. His coming is coming in three phases. A shout, a voice, and a trump. Amen. Now the shout is the cry of the loud voice in Revelation 10. We went through that. You know, it's the word coming to a prophet. In order to get a bride... Now listen, he couldn't take a denominational bride. They're, they're classed in the Bible as whores and harlots. You say, why so? Because they take in the seeds, the doctrine of man over the word of God. That's what every denomination is built upon. And so it makes them adulterers. It's the spirit of adultery. Amen. A spirit of fornication taking seeds of man rather than the pure word of God. And every denomination does that. Amen. But God called him for a virgin, a bride, without a spot, without a wrinkle. Somebody help me preach. Amen. Who will be a virgin to the word, who is not open to man-made creeds and dogmas. Amen. But she will be an unpolluted virgin to the word who has one headship and that headship is Christ. Come on now. Listen, listen, pastors across the land. You may be the head of a church, but you're not head of the bride. Come on. You may be head of the body, the church, but you're not head of the, of the husband and, uh, and, and head over the women. You're not head over people, families. You're head over the church body, the local body. Amen. But every person's got to have the Holy Ghost. The head of every man is pastor. No? The head of every man is Christ. And the head of every woman is the, the man. 
Okay, I know feminists don't want to hear that. So, you know, if you're not feminist, say it. You know, the head of, the, of, of every man is, and the head of the woman is, the man. Now, so again, a pastor is not to be your Holy Ghost. I preach against sin, but I ain't coming to your house and enforcing it. That's your problem. That's your territory. Amen, but I'll preach it in the church. I'll preach against television, but I ain't coming ripping yours out. I will tell you, you're not going in a rapture with one. Gumming that kind of filth down. Take this. I'm in a fighting mood now. Again, you see, the head of the man is Christ. Amen. Sure, the head of a local body is a pastor. We got that. Now, but I mean, he doesn't rule over you, tell you when to take vacation or what kind of house to buy or where you got to live or even where you go to church. People come to me and say, Brother Tim, you know, what should I do? I said, I don't know. Should I move here? I I don't know. You're to pray over where you go to church because churches have spirits. You're to pray over it. You're to find out where you belong. I'm not to. You get a revelation. You find out where God wants you. Amen. My ministry won't feed everybody and they can be bride and I don't feed them. Oh yeah. My ministry won't feed everybody. Neither will anybody else's. Amen. But there will be a ministry somewhere that will feed you. Exactly right. But now listen, let me again, let me, let's, let's get back on track now and, and bring it back to, back to center again on our thought. You know, the, the, there again, his comment is in three phases. The shout, which is the loud voice. It is the lion's roar of Revelation 10 as the mysteries are revealed to the seventh angel. And it is the word coming to a prophet. So the first thing, he has to come in word form because he's going to create a bride, finding none in denomination, he's going to create a bride by his own word. Are you with me now? Now, so it's the word coming to a prophet. And Brother Branham told us and spoke on the words of the original seed. My mission to the earth is to forerun the coming of word, the coming word, which is Christ. So the message is Christ. Well, I don't believe the message. Well, you don't believe Christ. That's just all there is to it. That's what the message is, Christ. So well, I'd rather believe the Bible than to believe the message. They're one and the same. There's no difference. Come on. Our Bible is our absolute. Amen. It's where Brother Branham got the message. It didn't come out of the book. You, you, want, to, you want to say, well, I believe the Bible. No, you don't. You believe the Baptists. And their theological books. You believe the Pentecostals and their theological books. Well, we're not men followers. Yes, you are. If you're a Catholic, you're one of the three billions that follows a man, the Pope. 
Yeah, and if you belong to one of these denominations, you belong to a church full of cross-dressers. Women who are running the church, telling how everything is to be done, come on, led by silly women, instead of the Bible, Get a preacher in and vote him out and get him and set his salary in. And, you know, and it's reverse, it's reverse Nicolaitanism. Nicolaitanism when the man rule, when a man rules over like a pope rules over the church, and the reverse is where a committee rules the church. And one of them if it's as wrong as the other, they're both led by men. Amen. You know, I, I went to therapy here a while back, and, and they, they want to know what I was. I said, well, I'm a pastor. Well, okay, where did you go? Where did you graduate? Where was, uh, what's the school sem- of seminary did you graduate? I said, same one Jesus did. <laughs> now, but notice Notice again, my mission, he said, is to forerun the coming word, which is Christ. So the word had to be the first thing to come. And it was forerun with signs and wonders to show it was the word and would come with gifts of of discernment, which only the, the word can discern the thoughts and the intents of heart. And it never failed. That's exactly the truth. Amen. But now this word would be Christ, not the corporal coming, but the word coming, Christ would come in the fullness of his word. Amen. That's the first phase of his coming, a prophet bringing a message. Now, we thought when we received the message, that was it. We thought that was the summit. We can't go no higher than that, but God had more than God sent in a prophet. He didn't want a prophet. He wanted a bride. Sure, he had to get one man in his hand. Sure, he had to have the seventh angel, which is one of the stars in the hands of Jehovah. Sure, he had to get him and train him and set him apart from others. But that's not the end results. That's not all what God's doing. And we have colonized, now bear with me, but we have colonized ourselves in the camps of thunder and perusion and return ministry until we're organized tighter than denominations. And what is it? It is nothing but another denominational move, personality cults. Amen. Even, but let me tell you, the word has to take on flesh. It cannot remain in books and tapes. He's not going to rapture books and tapes. He's going to rapture a people for his namesake. Hallelujah. So the Son of Man would be revealed in a prophetical class of people, a bride. Hallelujah. The rise of sons who are the sons of the book. They are offsprings of that word. They are the creation of that word. I have been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of the word of God that liveth and abideth forever. I am born of the word. I am born of this message. I cannot deny the message because I and the message are one. 
Amen. Now, that's the way it's got to be with you. You've got to be the revival. You've got to be the message. Come on. Not written, not written in paper or on magnetic tape. No, not written in books lined on yourself and pictures on your wall. Written in your nature. That's what the Holy Ghost does. He comes and writes the law of God in your heart. Now, notice again, Brother Branham would tell us over and again, he'd say, uh, Jesus said, as it was in the days of Sodom, so will it be in the coming of the Son of Man. Elohim, the strong one, would come down in human flesh. You get it? Elohim, the strong one, would come down in human flesh and would manifest himself by knowing the secret of the heart, the one he was talking to, just exactly what his son did when he was here on earth, dwelling in human flesh. What flesh? Your flesh, my flesh, the Holy Spirit himself coming down in human flesh and dwelling, showing signs. Amen. Amen. Again, he would say in the message Abraham, God would represent himself again in human flesh just before the coming of the Son of Man. What flesh? Your flesh, my flesh. God coming down from heaven. God longing for fellowship. God becoming one with the people. Again, he said, see what the, here in the elected church, it's God in your flesh manifesting. Jesus said, as it was in the days of Sodom, so shall it be at the coming of the Son of Man. You see it now? We pass justification, sanctification, baptism of the Holy Ghost, the place and the gift of the Son in the church. Now it's God manifesting himself for that sign. In the message trial, I challenge you to believe that Jesus Christ is revealed in the form of Son of Man in human flesh through the bride's body. Where? Through the bride's body. Amen. A prophetic class of people. A people who can hear the voice of God. A people who are speaking the voice of God. The forerunner would point to you coming said, Brother Branham was a forerunner. That's right. He was not the product. He was not the Christ. He was the forerunner. But now let me tell you, he said, as the first forerunner came from the wilderness and cried, behold, the Lamb of God, the second forerunner will probably do the same by pointing the people to a word-born bride. So he was forerunning. You're coming. Now that brings us to the anointed people a bride who is the anointed one. The Easter seal. And if he was Messiah, by being the anointed one for that day to fulfill the word of God, to be the redeemer, the anointed one, and God raised up that body, his bride is the anointed one for this day. Again, Christ's a mystery. He would, this time he would come forth, he would express himself in the fullness of his Godhead, deity through his church, have preeminence in his church. The anointed man, now the anointed people. Oh my, to bring back the anointed bride and bridegroom. Hallelujah. By what? Accepting what Eve turned down and Adam coming back with the anointing of the word because he said, my word is spirit. Amen. Anointed with that word. And when Eve, what Eve turned down, he comes back and we accept. Now what did Eve turn down? She turned down the supernatural birth and rejected the word. What word? That he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That he'll keep his word. 
Amen. Let me tell you, his power is the same. His deity is the same. The experience is the same. His gifts are the same. He is the same in every detail except his physical body. Now, Brother Branham tells us in God of this evil age, Adam's bride believed every bit of the word just confused on one promise that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that's where the confusion is today. They want to make this something different. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Now, so just as those in the upper room were charged with the Holy Ghost and were under his influence, even so the same Holy Spirit has been once again released. You know, though it's been held back or bound by the doors of creeds and dogmas through the ages and the Holy Spirit couldn't work because of man-made systems, she is liberated Amen. The Holy Spirit has been loosed by the evening time message. The Holy Spirit back in the church again. Christ revealed where? In human flesh. Show us the Father. Amen. Where is he at? In sons. Now, Revelation 10 shows the supernatural descendant of the Spirit. First, God sending a prophet. Now, God sending anointed sons who have consumed the book and the book has become flesh so much until they prophesy. Now, when this happened, this brings a war because God is raising up sons for the last day battle. Come on, not kids, mature sons. Amen. And it brings a war. Brother Brandon said, she's going to be liberated. She's coming back. That's what the Bible said. Those two meet one another on the battleground, Lucifer and Michael, again, like in the beginning. So here we come. Michael, amen. The great prince stands up. The seals are open. The mysteries are revealed. And he's leading us to what? War. You see, the gates of hell is against the spiritual revelation of Jesus Christ being here now, the same yesterday, today, and forever. The gates of hell is not against evening like tabernacle. The gates of hell is not against any kind of local body or denomination. The gates of hell is against the spiritual revelation. Here's what the devil don't want you to get. That spiritual revelation of Christ being here now. The same yesterday, today, and forever. You can identify the Antichrist spirit. It must be withstood. It's that evil spirit that wants to keep Christ in a tomb. Wants to keep him dead. Wants his church to be a corpse. Is that spirit that says Christ was and not that Christ is. Amen. Or that he will be, but he isn't now. How many things do we put off when the squeeze comes? 
How many times when the third pull happens? This is the third pull. That's what this message is. It is that third pull. Amen. And the anointing, they make the anointing used to be and will be ours later, but it isn't now. Amen. We got people thinking. Now bear with me. Buckle your, everybody stop just a minute. Buckle your seatbelt. Because we're going out of space, all right. But you need to be latched in. Because we got people thinking. If you take the COVID vaccine, it's the mark of the beast. And if you believe that, just take it from me. You're spiritually ignorant. And you, you, do you know what you're saying? Do you, have you even thought about what you're saying? You're saying if you, yet you don't have. You're saying, you're admitting you don't have the Holy Ghost. And you missed the rapture because you're in the tribulation where the mark is forced. And if the mark is forced with this vaccine, if I could roll up my sleeve, I'd show you a mark. I was about six years old when I got it right here on this arm. It vaccinated me and a bunch of other millions of kids. And some of them died from it. And some of them reacted severely from it. I saw a kid with his arm swelled way out like that smallpox vaccine. Five needles going in one time. And we had to take it. And it wiped out a disease. Don't be stupid. Now, so, you know, you, 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 that's not the mark of the beast. You, you, because, you see... You say, well, it's being forced. Okay, we're Americans. We don't like to be forced at nothing. I get that. Well, Brother Tim, I'm not a Democrat. Well, then you're a publican. <laughs> Center either way. Well, I'm conservative. That's what I am. Really? When Sean Hannity puts on Bruce Jenner as a conservative running for governor of California, and that's the conservative voice, and they're all Roman Catholic, no, that's not my identity. I ain't of this world. You want to make this a political thing of right or wrong or right side or left? Let me tell you, it ain't. Amen. Right now, the mark of the beast is spiritual. And to, I want to get it to reject the seal of God, to reject the Holy Ghost I've been preaching about is to take the mark of the beast. Some of you have refused the Holy Ghost because you don't want to receive it like Mary did on the day of Pentecost. And I'll tell you right now to refuse it doomed you to the tribulation and the mess of rapture and you take the mark of the beast. Some of you have already been marked with the beast. I'll tell you the mark of the beast is upon you. Sin is in your life. Pornography is in your life. Addictions, all kinds of things are in your life. It's the marking of the beast. It shows the seal of God ain't there. I told you this would be rough. Amen. Every spirit that doesn't witness that Christ is come in our flesh is the antichrist spirit. Well, Brother Tim, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. The Catholics are going to take over. When? We already got one in the president's office. And we're already our Supreme Court is full of them. And all the conservatives on the radio are all Catholics. 
And conservatives today is yesterday's liberals or worse. I don't identify with them. Amen. Every spirit that doesn't witness that Christ has come in our flesh is the Antichrist spirit. Now, again, these little organizational moves like we've had a Lee Vale with the Perusia, the two Lord, you know, two Jehovah's, all the other things they've had, you know, Coleman's Thunder, myriads of others, even so-called mainstream groups have crucified him again and put him to an open shame and entombed him. Amen. And put him to an open shame, having entombed him. They want him dead. No movement of the spirit. No divine healing. No rejoicing of the believer. No spiritual gifts. Amen. They killed the prince of life, putting him to an open shame. And I'll just tell you, you've already been indicted and doomed to miss the rapture and awake to tribulation. Amen. These false prophets are prophesying their churches right into the tribulation. In the third exodus, Brother Branham said, they think because our churches have become intellectual that we got the best dressed crowds, the biggest organization, the most smartest ministers, that we have no use of the Holy Spirit in the way it was back there, that they're full in other words, action speaks louder than words. That they're seminary, the brain of their being, they're coming together, they're discussing this thing, are more able with their own intellectual, intellectual mind to set a church in order better than what the Holy Spirit could do. They don't need it anymore. It's something we don't need today. It's the days that's past. Now, isn't that right? We don't need the Holy Spirit to heal the sick. We got doctors. We don't need the Holy Spirit to speak with tongues. We're all intelligent people. And when you do, you take right from your framework, the lifeline. Jesus said them Jews in his last days, hadn't you, uh, in his days, he said, haven't you read that? The stone that was rejected is the chief cornerstone that all the building is setting upon. Now you see what I mean? I'm sure you catch that. The reason of it is because they thought they would never have need of that spiritual boy, Joseph, so they sold him down to Egypt. We don't need speakers with tongues. We don't need interpreters of tongues. We no longer need prophets to set us in order by the Holy Spirit. We understand that they've adopted a man-made system to take place of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, there is a people, hallelujah, that is elected that has their names on the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen. They can't go for that. They are spiritual minded and therefore they cannot go for that. They can't stand it no matter if their fathers and mothers would lived in whatever organizational church. When a church makes or does, maybe it wouldn't speak that out. Oh no, they won't speak it out, but their actions prove it. Here's the word and the Holy Spirit proves it among them. And when he gets them gathered together that he heals the sick and raises the dead and speaks with tongues and casts out devil. So it depends on what's on the inside of a person. Indicted. That's why he preached the message indictment. He said, I indict this generation. These denominational church and many of the independents. Well, Brother Tim, that ain't us. We're a small group. They're some of the worst. Us four and no more. 
sitting around with pride in their hearts. And the Holy Spirit hadn't moved in years. There's no burden for the lost. They're dead and cold and dried up. Brother Brandon says, no wonder they can't believe in miracles. No wonder you can't believe in the supernatural. No wonder they condemn it. Same reason they condemned it back there is the same reason they condemn it today. They're as guilty as can be because it's only under the shed blood. And those who would dare, some little brother who dares, under humility, take God at his word and walk out there, confess his sins, forget these dogmas and the things and stand there under the blood and believe it. And they want to call him fanatic. They want to they call him, it's not a good word to use in the pulpit, they want, but you'll understand he's an oddball. And today, I indict this bunch of ordained ministers and their creeds and denominations are crucified to the people, the very God they claim to love and serve. I indict those ministers in the name of the Lord Jesus upon their doctrine that claim that the days of miracles are past. You don't think they do it? Oh yeah. They do it. Oh, we're just not in the season for it. You know, know, it's going to be, but it ain't now. You are indicted for crucifying and keeping the works. Hey, I I tell you, if I couldn't manifest it, I'd at least preach it. Because you're never going to manifest it until it's preached. Amen. Healing's got to be preached. The Holy Ghost has got to be preached. The power of God has got to be preached. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God and it causes people to believe. It's got to be preached. When the church allowed herself to move from the original like Adam and Eve, death set in. There's no strength in her. She becomes a monstrosity. The minute the church moved from toward form and ceremony and toward priesthood by organizing the ministers into a group that decided a leadership apart from the Holy Spirit and his word, that very moment death entered and she started to get sick. And as she got sick, she changed into a powerless group of people whose only weapon was argument. She could produce nothing in the spirit for hopes were built on program and not on faith in his word. They sowed programs so they reaped programs. They sowed perversion and so they reaped perverted children. That's the condition. Too many places that we don't want here. Amen. But there is a bride. In all of this, there is a bride. Amen. Who has received the spirit of adoption and who recognizes themselves as the sons of God. Turn with me to Romans 8, 14. As many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again. This ought to be quoted in every message pulpit. We have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Oh, if you don't do what I say, you'll, you'll, you'll go to hell. You'll miss the rapture. If you, you don't obey me, you're not in the church. Amen. We have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, 
the Father. We recognize and we know we have come from God. Amen. And that he is our father and we recognize ourselves as his sons. But not only that, the spirit itself, the spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if we are children, oh, hallelujah. If we are children, somebody get with me now. If we are children, then we're heirs. And we're heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. And if be we suffer with him, we might be glorified together. Oh, I hear this prophet say, oh, brother, you that are born again are sons and daughters of God, co-equal with Jesus Christ. In his presence, oh my, that makes the devil angry is to let the church realize who they are. Let me read it again if it makes the devil mad. Amen. You that are born again, sons and daughters of God, are co-equal with Jesus Christ in his presence. That's what makes the devil angry is to let the church know who they are. Hallelujah, a bride of people who are missed Jesus Christ. Bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh, life of his life. They are his representation upon the earth. Now we are adopted sons. Not going to be. We are adopted by receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Sure, there's an adoption to wit is a change of our body, but right now, individually, we have received it. And as adopted sons, I've got a message for you. Get out and fight. Amen. What do you mean by adopted son? Once again, let me say it. Adopted son don't mean God goes out and adopts the devil's children. It means that sons who are his by predestination have received power and authority to act in their father's name as his sons and are ruling, taking dominion in his kingdom. Hallelujah. That's what the opening of the seals does. It makes us unto our God kings and priests and we shall reign on the earth. Sonship is not future. It is now. Now we are the sons of God. And as sons, we have checkbook authority. Hallelujah. Oh, it's war. You know, the first thing Jesus began to do is, is declare war on the devil. Tearing his kingdom down. That's the first thing Jesus did. Amen. Brother Branham said, in greatest battle, Satan's army brings diseases. And God's army is commissioned to cast them out. There you are. Every time Satan throws anything into you, God's army is to cast him out. A lot of this fiery dart says, hey, if you get this fiery dart, you're not a son of God. Throw it back at him and say, I am a son of God. I know in whom I have believed. I have the experience. I've got the experience. Here it goes, devil, back in your face. Amen. The word of God declared me. I am a son of God cast out. That is the very tactic God used. Satan used the army of destruction to disbelieve God's word. So now Satan's going to come along and try to make you believe you didn't get nothing. But that's when you ought to shout back. I know in whom I have believed. And I am persuaded he's, he's able to keep that which I committed to him, that so I committed to him against that day. 
Amen. Cast down reasoning. Cast down diseases. Cast down sin. You're above it. Resurrected in Christ Jesus. Setting in heavenly places with every devil under your foot. Amen. Daniel resisted. The angel resisted. There was war in heaven. Daniel persevered. Daniel wouldn't give up. Come on. And and there was war in heavens as revelation was coming to the prophet Daniel. Give me just a little more. But Michael stood up on the behalf of God's people. Amen. And remember, he prevails not. Neither is his place found in heaven. Amen. This is a rapture for the casting down of Satan. The bride goes up. The last thing you're going to do before you leave here is pull the devil out of heavenly places and take that place. That's your last job. Amen. And hear the raptured saints in heaven. And I heard a loud voice in heaven. This is Revelation 12, 10. A loud voice in heaven. Now is come salvation. And strengthen the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused him before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood. I thought this was angels. No, this ain't angels. This is sons of God. Amen. Blood was not shed for angels. Blood was shed for sons of God. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. And by confessing what the word said. And they loved not their lives unto the death. Therefore rejoice you heavens and you that dwell in them. But woe to the inhabitants of the earth. For the devil has come to you. He has great wrath. He has three and a half years left. So how do you overcome? How do you win this battle? By the blood life that was in Christ is in you. The same Holy Spirit, the same power. That's the threefold purpose of God. That's the inspiration I'm talking about. That's what God was in Christ. Christ is now manifested in you, taking us back to Eden. And yes, Michael has stood up. He's going to defeat every devil, but guess what? He's going to use your body to do it. Amen. Amen. He's going to use your body to do it. You know, when Sister Karen was so sick, there was a somebody who's a preacher said to me, we're praying for you, Brother Tim, through this trial. And I said, thank you. We need Jesus. I said, we need Jesus. Men, that is. Men who know they are his corporal body and the hands he can use. That's what we need. We need men. We need Jesus. Jesus, men, that is. Men who know their God. Amen. Men who are, know they are his corporal body and the hands that he can use. Hallelujah. Let me just share a couple little quotes with you and then we'll bring it down. Everybody knows how we do here. We combine two services into one. So you're not coming back tonight. Unless somebody else is preaching. Because I'm one and done. Now, if the Bible said in Hebrews 13 and 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, ever, that's the truth or it's not the truth. If Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, he has to be the same in principle. 
the same in power, the same in compassion, the same Christ, or he's not the same. Correct. And if he's the same and promised the same things that he did there back there in his literal body, he would do here in his corporal body of his believers. These signs shall follow them that believe. The works that I do shall you do also. For I go to the Father. A little while the world won't see me no more. Yet you will see me. I'll be with you even in you to the end of the world. Those are the promises. Door to the heart. If he's the same, he's got to be the same in principle, the same in word, the same in action. The only thing he isn't the same in, and that's his corporal body because he's in your body. Queen of Sheba. And now if he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, he's got to be the same in principle, the same in power, the same in manifestation. Only thing is a corporal body. His body's at the right hand of God the Father in the heaven, sitting on the throne. You believe that? A high priest. And his Holy Spirit is here, which the Spirit was upon Christ, which is God, in human flesh, your flesh, my flesh. As the blood cleanses us, he preaches the gospel through the preacher, prophesies through the prophet, reveals the secret hearts, speaks through the tongues, interprets tongues, and everything setting in order. You believe that? That's only three of many. So he's in your body. He's taking on your flesh. He's going to whip the devil, but he's going to use your body to do it. Now, if Michael's fighting, then you're fighting. Resisting, turn his, his, his kingdom down. You overcome him by the blood life of the lamb. Now, many people think of only the blood shed at Calvary on the cross. And, and, if we're, and that's true if we're only talking about the chemistry of the blood, that actual substance. But no, we're talking about the life, the spirit that was wrapped in a blood cell. God wrapped himself, his life, his germ within a blood cell, built a body around it. It was born in the Virgin Mary. God was in Christ, the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He wasn't part of the Godhead. He was the fullness of the Godhead in a body. Amen. He came from God from being God to become human, to fight human battles and to lead us into victory. Amen. Amen. He became human in order to redeem us and thus have preeminence in his people. And then take us back to Eden. Now, do you know that in order to fill you with the Holy Ghost, he had to first get the preeminence? Hello? So one day God's going to get preeminence, going to take us back to Eden. Let me tell you again. To fill you with the Holy Ghost, he had to be the main thing. He had to be the preeminent one. You'll never get the Holy Ghost when you're exalting your rock and roll tapes and your pornography and your habits over God. But when you give him preeminence, amen, then he becomes your leader. Amen. He would not come to live in you until he had preeminence. 
You young people got the Holy Ghost the other day. He got the preeminence. He became number one in your life. He had to have the leadership, the oversight, the dominion, to be the greatest, to be the foremost, to be the chief, to be the most important, to be above all others. He to be unmatched. You became a love slave to him. You became a prisoner of the Holy Ghost where he is the director, the leader, and the guide. With the Holy Ghost, you have the maturity, everything needed for the rapture. Hello? And we're going to win. Don't be a complainer. Don't be a murmurer. That only expresses doubt. Don't let Satan crown you with depression. Amen. I, you know, some of you are worried about me. Don't worry about me. Amen. I'm not having a pity party. Don't pity me. I am not defeated. Let me say it loud and clear. I am not defeated. I am not depressed. And I am not having a pity party. I don't feel sorry for myself. Amen. As Sister Karen was leaving, you know she had blow after blow, and we would see God heal her and raise her up again. I saw the angel of God, and I didn't see a being, I didn't see a presence, but I knew he was there. It's like the wind. You don't see it, but you know it's blowing through the building, blowing through the leaves. And here he come with her laying there with her first brain bleeding. Her sight is gone and she cannot see. And a little crippled boy sat down at the end of the bed that had never walked, crawled, had never been able to do more than just stand alone at the furniture and not take a step. Are you hearing me? Amen. I haven't been seen in a vision. Yes, we say we believe in visions. Ron Spencer, Brother Ron, had seen him in a vision walking. We didn't know when it was going to happen because that happened in April and this is June. It was April, October, and this is June. What was month? No, it was May. About May. And this is, this is now, you know, months, months later. In August. It was August the 10th. And she has this brain bleed, it's a massive one, in the back of her head. She loses her sight. It's there, affects the peripheral vision. You can get special glasses. You remember? And that day, as she was kind of feeling sorry for herself, I was having to help her to the bathroom, help bathe her, all of these things. And she's feeling sorry for herself and wondering what her life was going to be like. And she started praising God. Thanking him for his goodness. Amen. She didn't say him waller in grief. She began to thank God for his goodness. How good he had been to her. How great his word was. And as she began to praise him, her sight came back. As the Holy Spirit swept over the bed, right there were a child sitting in the middle of the floor. Having been set there moments before by her mother jumped up out of the floor by himself and ran all over my house. That was his first steps. She would have another blow and then another blow and 
you know, they would have to evacuate the blood, and they would, the doctors said, you would, have been a, you would be a vegetable. You will never live. You'll die in five minutes or five years, but you'll never be nothing. And God raised her back up again, gave me another precious year. Don't feel sorry for me. God's been good to me. Amen. But I laid my head down on her breast, and she was dying. I was weeping. I made her a promise. I told her, Karen, you can go ahead of me. If he's calling, go to him. I'll let you go. I'll be okay. But I'm going to stay and preach this Holy Ghost salvation. I'll preach divine healing. I'll preach the power of God. I will preach it with every breath I've got in my body. You can count on me. I'll never give up. Amen. Let me tell you today, be a fighter. Be a fighter. Don't do it from a defeated stand. Be a fighter. Amen. Be one, one of his saints. Amen. It's one who rides behind the word. King of kings and Lord of lords. Who the judge will make war. And until we meet him there in the air, get on your horse of power of the word and ride and wield your sword against the enemy. You got a weapon that just fits your hand. Amen. It's a third pull sword. Be a David. Be a fighter. Amen. Know you are elected and called in place. Amen. Know that any Goliath that stands between you and the rapture has got to fall. You want your healing? How much are you ready to fight for? You want your peace back? Amen. How much are you willing to fight for? You want your family restored? You want your kids back in church? How much are you willing to fight for? Amen. Amen. Are you going to go out one time, pray, and quit? Amen. Keep on the firing line. Keep your position in Christ. You got to have, you got the right to go to Satan and say, give it back. Hand it over. I come in the name of Jesus Christ, possessor of heaven and earth. Amen. Our kids are worth fighting for. Hallelujah. Your health is worth fighting for. Revival is worth fighting for. Amen. And all heaven backs us up. This is our land. This is our book. And we are the people of the book. The sons of the book are rising. Because this is our title deed. He ascended on high and placed the sword in your hand and said, go conquer your enemy. Possess the enemy's gates. The gates of hell will not prevail against you. Hallelujah. Amen. The gates of hell must be closed gates then. Amen. Hell is on the defense and we are on the offense. Go possess it. Pound the gates of hell. Knock and keep on knocking. Ask and keep on asking. It's the rising of sons. Today is the day of mature sons. People that know their God. Put away your depression. It's the devil. Quit bending your energy 
worrying about the vaccine. Put your energy in the book. Quit wasting your time arguing with and fighting and debating. Forget it. Let those who want to debate and fight and fuss, let them do it. But as far as me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. As far as me, I'm going to fight with every breath in my body. I'm going to reign because the sons of the book have risen to take every power away from the devil. We're on the offense. The devil is on the defense. What do you think? He's fighting us. What do you think we've been fought? Because we got him cornered. We got him cornered. But he ain't going to win. You know why? Because there's a winner in me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I feel like John Paul Jones this morning. I just begun the fight. Hallelujah. I turned 67 years old the other day. Had another birthday, another milestone. You know next year we will have the 50th anniversary of Evening Light Tabernacle. Do you know that? Do you know this has been 51 years of ministry, 52 next year in February the 1st for me? But the devil ain't seen nothing to what's coming now. I was a fighter when I was 15. And I'm more, I'm a trained fighter now. I have been trained, I have been equipped, I have been set apart, I have been called, I have been ordained, and so have you. It's not just me, you have been ordained to take your enemy. Go to the enemy's camp and take back what he stole from you. Go back and get your joy. Go back and get your first love. Go back. Go back, the revival you lost. Go back and get that revival. Do you become the revival? Get the seal of God. Father, take the words I spoke. Let them have a resting place. He that hath an ear to hear, let him hear. Lord, there's those that are in this building. They're still grappling with sin. In and out and up and down. They've never went past. Oh, they believe. They believe enough to witness. They believe enough to tell other people. They believe, but they don't possess they're professors without a possession. They're those that are just spiritually ignorant. That I've talked about this morning. Wash your people, Lord. Establish them on the word. Cleanse us. Fulfill us. Whatever you do, don't leave us here. We're in the hour of your coming. As the bride becomes a resurrection and the life. She'll call her brethren. And this age will call those that are sleeping. Not by going out in the graveyard and screaming. But by a life that is lived. 
a life that matches the word will call them from the grave. Lord, let my life so match the word that my sweetheart who's gone on comes back and we're changed dimensions. I commit it in your hands, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. say praise the Lord. How <laughs> I many can say amen? amen? Even so, Lord Jesus. If you're in the battle for the Lord, and the battle, 